welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends come together, sit down, put microphones in front of their face, and try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And thank you so much for joining us on what is for us a beautiful Thanksgiving Monday. Happy Thanksgiving, Canadians. So... For those of you who, like we said, are Canadian, will be spending today probably stuffing themselves with turkey and pie and all the good things. Uh, For those of you who are from other places, specifically the U.S., probably don't understand what's going on because you have your Thanksgiving in the wrong month. So you're probably very disorientated. But we like our October Thanksgiving. It's a good way to start off the holiday season. When you actually harvest something, have your Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, but it's a, that's a topic for another time. Some Mayflower killing native people, whatever. Yeah. Celebration that they have down south. Yeah, it's 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 weird and it's, awkward. It's very weird. It's also technically Columbus Day in America today, isn't it? I think they I think oh, Americans yeah, I think still have the right. day off. They just have you know celebrate the imperialist genocide practitioner who didn't even land in America. Nope. Anyways. We're glad you're here. History Hot Takes. Thanks for joining us, friends. Man, we should have a history podcast. I could tell you all kinds of neat things that happened in history. You could be bored. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call it. We'll call it Jordan's Board for the people who brought you geek down. It's just Caitlin talking about something she finds interesting and me going. <laughs> oh, that's that's a lot of our conversations, it's, actually. It's not, that, it's not that far removed from what we do now. Um, so, yeah. How, so, how was your week, Kate? Uh, it's been great. Busy, but great. You actually got to do Thanksgiving-y, Thanksgiving-y stuff? Um, yeah, we did it yesterday. And we don't usually, we usually spend, our family has sort of come to the conclusion that people really want their day off and don't want to see other family members. <laughs> it's like, listen. My day off is for me and not for family. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so, going to work you all in into the day I already have off normally. Yeah. So we, we've always sort of done our thing on Sunday. It's a good policy, actually. Yeah. It's actually a very good policy. Christmas is regular, but Thanksgiving, we've taken the time to really think it through. Um, and the great thing is for the day off, I have tons of leftovers that I just shove into my mouth. And you've brought me none because... Uh, because they're they were my leftovers because I I got special stuff because I can't have dairy. Oh right. So it's it was basically all clumped together in a bowl, which is actually how I like my Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I feel like that's probably how you eat you eat the food normally, regardless of dietary restrictions. You yeah. just get a plate and mash it all into one big. Yeah, I do. Turkey gravy, potato paste. And... Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> And people look at me strangely, but I just, there's, I've been using this, anyone who wishes me Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, I've been using this gif of the beast from Beauty and the Beast, just like shoving food <laughs> into his mouth. And I'm just like, yep, just gobble, gobble day. use a spatula to, yeah. to just trot, plow it into your face. It's not a spatula. It's a good size spoon. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving spoon. <laughs> it's, it's Kate's Thanksgiving spoon. Yeah. So how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm an orphan. I live in, I live four <laughs> hours away from my family. You and... are an orphan by, like, you've done this to yourself. You have no one else to blame but I, you. I, I guess I could have gone home for Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't been home much this year, obviously, because I was saving for New York and whatnot. Normally, I go home once in the summer and once at Christmas. It's been, yeah, it's been almost a year since I was last home. That's a long time. Saw my, par- saw my parents, saw my family, saw all that. It's actually... Trying to think. Thanksgiving was always became inadvertently hard for me because when uh, my relationship and by extension my life fell apart, like you know, five years ago, and I was you know moved to the poly pocket and was still like 
at that point still like talking to my ex a lot you know the, the ties were still there we were still trying to adjust to life without each other sort of thing and thanksgiving that thanksgiving was the moment i realized that like this is a nice little like eh because what you'd normally be doing on this day is our parents are probably in town they always came up and you always go out with them for thanksgiving dinner right. and like go get greek food or whatever and you know knowing that she was doing all those things and i like literally went to mcdonald's that day and just like <laughs> bought got, got bought like a quarter pounder yeah. and a large fries and that was my thanksgiving um and that memory slash loneliness kind of stayed with me every year even though i wasn't as lonely in subsequent years it was yeah. just kind of always like man thanksgiving kind of sucks uh but it doesn't suck this year because now kate's over and we have a podcast yeah, so. yeah. thanksgiving's great but I do next wish... year. I'm gonna make sure I bring you pie or something. But I do wish I was shoveling Dan the Man's trademark stuffing into my face. My or mom dr- dressing. We always called it dressing. Oh, see, that's weird. My mom makes the best stuffing. That's we can go to war over it because <sighs> I will put Dan the Man up against your mama any day of the week. Best stuffing. Well, okay, that's a good that's a good catch up. It's been. It's been a good week, basically. Yeah, it's more right. more or less. Hasn't been that exciting. I got to had a couple days off. It was royalty day. The book money came in. Very my, nice. My, my biannual book money came in. Book's definitely been out a couple years. But still, them, you're still getting royalties them, though. Them, them bags with dollar signs on them get smaller and smaller every time every time they come over. But it was definitely enough to go out and see the Homahisa at Cosmos Records and and have him do that thing that we hate. I was striking out all day. I had a couple things in mind. I wanted to go out and buy uh, the first Heat Wave record. Sorry, it's music geek down time, but it still counts because it's geeking down. It's geeking down. Uh, Rod Temperton, a songwriter, an English songwriter who wrote like, you know, every good Michael Jackson song from oh, Off yes, the Wall and yes, Thriller. Yes, yes, yes. He passed away this week. And looking into his back catalog, he had a band called Heat Wave. Okay. Um, his own band. Fun fact, he was really like working on Heat Wave stuff really hard. Mm-hmm. And Quincy Jones called him up and was like, Rod, I like your stuff. I'm working with this kid, Michael Jackson. This is before Off the Wall. He hadn't really done anything. Right. You know, it was like, who? It's like, you know, from the Jackson 5. He's going solo. It was like, all right, all right, cool. I like your stuff. You know, you got anything? He's like, uh, yeah, maybe I can get you something. He really didn't want to. He was like really busy doing stuff with his own band. Yeah. So like in a week, he wrote like uh, Rock With You, Off the Wall, and another song on Off the Wall called Burn This Disco Out. And he was like, I gave him three thinking he'll take one. Cool. I'll give him like three options. But Quincy Jones took all three of them and like called him up. It was like, yeah, you're mine now. You like huh. you, you write for me. Uh, he still did heat wave stuff. But anyway, I was looking for heat waves. First record. Right. I already have a heat wave record, but I was looking for the first one. And I was striking out. I was looking for a couple other records. Couldn't really find them anywhere. Striking out here, striking out there, going to stores. I hadn't been to in a while. And I'm just like, I got that itch. I'm out with my friend Leah and I just Leah the Brazilian. I turned to Leah and I was like, Leah, I already know where everything I want is. It's at Cosmos. Yeah. I got to go to Cosmos. Yeah. Or I'm going home without a record today. And that's unacceptable. 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 Listen, friends, fam, your collectors, there are a few of you out there. You know. You know. Especially when you're on the hunt. When you leave the house and you're like, I have not scratched this itch in months. And I hadn't. I hadn't bought a record since before New York. Wow. Since well before New York. And I walked into Cops Records on Bloor. And that, that... dusty smell just hit me and i was like oh yeah that's that's my shit it's like when i used to buy books same same thing similar smell except i had to break that habit oh yeah 
I'm not allowed to buy any books anymore. Because you have too many or you can't afford it? Both. And like I came back from my dad's with my some of my books, not even all of them. <laughs> and senior correspondent was like, where are we putting these? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know yet. They're just sitting there in boxes. We're going to build a fort yeah, in the backyard. Or, or a ta- another table out of books. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's not even half of half of the books that are still at my dad's and I had to I actually sold a whole bunch mm-hmm. uh, which was really hard and I've I've basically sold and given away all I want to sell and give away but there are probably a couple more there that I've got to thin out storage capacity is still at bursting so yeah it's not it's not good <laughs> I don't have a library yet so I can't really do much about it <laughs> so I so yeah I ha- had the itch was striking out everywhere I know I wanted to go to Cosmos anyway, because he said played me something a couple weeks ago. That was like a $14 record. Cosmos gets a bad rap because they have everything. Right. And they pay for the privilege. And to be honest, it's an, in, in a post-internet world, it's not always fair. Like, I love y'all, and I've given you a lot of my money over the years, and you will have stuff that I will never see anywhere. But sometimes you go on Discogs, and you find that record for like $3. Right. That Cosmos is selling for 40 Right. But... Cosmos is only going to be the only fucking store in the city that's got it. So if you want to go out and get that record today, yeah. Yeah, and when you factor in shipping or wherever the hell it comes from anywhere else, it may not be that different. But anyway, wanted this $14 record at Cosmos, wanted to see if they still had it anyway. And I walk in and Hisa did that thing that we hate when Hisa does when you're like listening to one record at the turntable and he walks over and he just kind of hands you something. And you're like, what is this? And he's like, oh, you probably check that out. You probably like it. And it was fucking flames, Caitlin. And it was $28 (laughs) and I had to buy it. Charles Erland, never heard of. Now you have that. No, now I have. And it was, god damn, it's a good record. So it was nice to, A, have the book money and not worry about buying records. You know, I get to do that every so often. Sometimes I go in and buy records and it's like, you, you got to geek down. I did get to geek down. And, and listen, I love you. Yes. You know I love you. Thank you. Not having to record or edit a podcast all weekend. <laughs> kind of amazing. <laughs> Had Friday and Saturday off. Had my Friday lounge around do nothing day. Yeah. You know, watch watch the TVs and then system crash at like, you know, seven o'clock to the point when when I did wake up at three in the morning, I had text messages from people I'd be talking to being like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I was like, what, did anything happen or did you just think I was dead? And it's like, no, you just disappeared. It's like, yeah, that happens. It's probably not good that I, in my life consists of like when I come off work, if I'm not near my bed, I will just collapse when I stand where I'm standing. That's not good. <laughs> it happens every week. Um but then to have Saturday to just go out into the city and quote unquote play was uh, was greatly enjoyable because sometimes I have to, most times, <laughs> I have to sleep, get up, clean, record a podcast, podcast go to like five, Caitlin leaves and it's like. You was... mean you mean Sunday because we're off a day. Usually on Sundays. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes Saturdays as well. Some, yeah. It depends on what we're doing during the, the weekend. Also, it's 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 autumn, you know, got daylight savings didn't fall we didn't fall back yet did we that's gonna happen in a few weeks i think yeah i but don't know when that is we're at that point now where like it's dark at 7 30 yeah and i immediately go pumpkin mode like <laughs> i we went to another store after cosmos because my friend leo wanted to look for something i had a shop called uh rotate this which is up in another part of the city not that far too far to walk but uh it was like a you know two minute bus ride and got out of there around seven and it was already getting dark yep and she's like I'm just going to go pick up, you know, she's married. She's like, I'm just going to go pick up some dinner for my husband and then I'll head home. You know, you want to come with me? And I'm like, like it's dark, yo. I got I to get home. <laughs> it's dark. It's seven o'clock. I'm like, I got to get home. Yeah. Well, no. That, I don't want to be out anymore. It's dark. I actually, um, 
uh, senior correspondent actually says that when I reach pumpkin o'clock, I'm useless. <laughs> Which it changes from, from day to day, but it's usually around 10 o'clock. If I'm supposed to do something after 10 o'clock, I basically just turn into a miserable pumpkin of a person and I just get whiny and like, I don't want to. It's, I'm too tired. Listen, I hear you. I have always been that because, you know, the logic and philosophy of going to like the club. Oh, God. It's like, you leave at midnight. I'm like, are you high? <laughs> we, I want to leave at nine. We were going out with senior correspondent's sister a long, long time ago. I think it was for her birthday in August. Or maybe it was like a year ago. We were going somewhere. And they, I was like, so what time do we think we're going to get there? And senior correspondent was like, honestly, they're probably going to leave at like 10, 30, 11. Uh. And I was like, what? I cannot uh. handle that. I am wearing very high sparkly shoes. I cannot do that. Those are the ones you had at your birthday? Yeah. They're good shoes. They are nice shoes. They're good shoes. Yeah. You rock them well. Yeah, I hear you. I always say, you know, because I fancy myself, you know, a bedroom DJ. I'll never call myself an actual DJ. I don't have that level of skills or talent or put that kind of work in. But I always said if I ever found some place that would let me uh, play music, I would call my night bed by 10. And I would literally <laughs> leave by 10. I would be like the opening DJ. Yeah. I'd be like, y'all can do whatever you want to do after 10. This is not a joke. This is not a clever name. I am fucking out of here <laughs> at 10 because I got to get home. I should, I should, we should try and figure out some place that you can, you can do this DJing. <laughs> this is, that is brilliant. Be- bed by 10. Get at me, listeners. If you got a venue, I'll come in. I'll play some laid back hip hop, some airy synth stuff, some stuff that's so good you won't even care that it's Japanese be dope okay. and then what's the worst that'll happen ain't nobody gonna be there to complain because i'm out of there by 10 o'clock there you go just be people i know or lame people who are gonna leave by 10 o'clock with me hey so, hey we are not lame we are not lame we are old and the kids don't even understand how great it is no they don't you don't even know you're out there getting turnt and lit whatever the fuck you're doing and i'm just like comf oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am using that forever comf comf af i am comf af af in here ah you want to know something else that's comf af hit me a certain agent carter her upper torso looks has always looked pretty comf she's just she's just a comfortable thing hey i am trying here i'd I'd like to get comf on are you trying to segue to news yes good for for you i am trying to keep the ball rolling (laughs) Roll on. You are speaking about uh, the lovely Haley Atwell? Um, specifically, I'm just speaking about the lovely Agent Carter. It's back, but not the way you think. <laughs> uh, so Marvel Animation ah. is bringing Agent Carter back as part of their season four of Avengers Assemble, which will be call, uh, called Avengers Assemble Secret Wars. The show you hated. Uh, no, the show that I didn't think was as good as Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. More on that later in the episode, but... Uh, which, now that I know this, also with, sorry, with her coming back, or with her, uh, appearing in the fourth season, um, there's also going to be Captain Marvel, Black Panther, T'Challa, um, who is also Kumpf, um, and... And uh, Vision and I think Wasp is going to be there as well. Um, I'm actually kind of interested in watching now. They've made a good move, Marvel Animation. You've done done well. Because now I want I want a I want to see how they're bringing Agent Carter back. B, I want to I kind of want to see all these characters 
together. I think she's around in the comics. She's older. They kind of yada yada why she's not like, you know, 90 and decrepit or whatever. But yeah. She is around and older. Um, so they might they might do the same thing or they might do some sort of time warp thing or she might be part of flashbacks. I'm just not sure. Haley Atwell is doing the voice, which is great. was going to be my next question. That's yep. dope. Uh, which is fantastic. And who knows if things go well in the cartoon, they might bring back Agent Carter for a third season. One never knows. Cer- certainly our our golden benefactors, Netflix, has been certainly doing well. They have with all of their own. Marvel endeavors. Speaking of which, yeah, segue, just hitting it <laughs> off into the stands. New York Comic Con was this weekend. Yes, it was. Which has really kind of ballooned over the past. It's a, it's a new con in the grand scheme of things. I think it's yeah, really it only kind of been going for like under ten years. But because it's on the East Coast in the biggest city in the world, it is rapidly ballooned into. Probably, like, the second most important convention next to San Diego. Yep. And Marvel Netflix was in full force. Had a big panel for, uh, was it the, no, it was an Iron Fist panel, I think. Iron Fist, and didn't they have some of the Defenders? Uh, the Defenders were there. I don't think they were announced, right. but they were doing the the Iron Fist panel, and uh, all of your Defenders came out. So Mike Coulter, Kristen Ritter, and Charlie Cox all came out, and... Did a did a wavy wave with everybody. It's their first time kind of seeing them all together. They all That's look, cool. they all look very sharp. They like, did like seeing them all together. Most notably, Jeff Loeb, comic writer slash Marvel TV honcho head producer guy, took the opportunity to reveal that um, we don't know who the villain is for the Defender series. Nope. But we know who will be playing her. Yes. Sigourney Weaver. <gasps> I wish I could do black black like shots. Because it's so exciting, blah, but blah, blah, blah. blah. Go, um, Gunfinger. So I'm super, super excited at this. It's quite a get, I'm not going to lie. That's, yeah. You get Ellen Ripley as your villain for what's essentially, you're like, you know, this will be, you know, the one. This is what it's all been leading to yeah. up to this point. Uh, I'm very pleased that I don't think Sigourney Weaver will be playing anything related to the hand. No, because I, that was my big fear that that was going to be the overarching threat for defenders was hand related. I've heard some rumors that she may be um, the beast. Do you know the beast? Not Hank McCoy. No, not Hank. It's it, no the villain. Uh, the villains appeared in both Iron Fist and Daredevil. Hmm. Uh, it's a usually appears as a as a male but is a demon basically. Okay. And they might do some gender swapping stuff there or it might be completely different. Because a lot of that was it the black cloud, black mist, whatever. That stuff from Daredevil, whatever the hand was working at. Yeah. The the weapon that's a child. Yes. From Daredevil that never really got resolved, right? That was kind yeah. of the thing that was hanging over Daredevil. Um, so that's cool. And they and a demon appears in the first season of Daredevil, or we I think. It's the older Asian woman mm. who says that she speaks all languages and then is like that you came from far and she's like farther than you think. You've watched this far more recently than I have because <laughs> it's just like poof, gone from my brain. Well, it was just a little bit and then she sort of disappears. Well, she appears in the trailer for Iron Fist. Oh, does she? Yeah, she does. Which they revealed, which we just watched and to no surprise, to me anyway, Caitlin went, meh. Yeah. Caitlin has no investment in Iron Fist. Uh, That's going to be a hard one. I have, um, there is a, de- 
it's not, I'm going to say debate raging. It's not really a debate. It's not really raging. Just a couple nerds on Twitter yipping at each other. Well, it's not even, it's on my Facebook and um, some people making different points and counterpoints about the casting still <laughs> and about how it's going to turn out. And one of the things was the whole um, white savior thing going on. If, if that's going to happen. And I kind of saw that in the trailer, which was unfortunate. You know, he's going to be our best warrior ever kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, again, we've talked about this a couple times it's now. It's been the character. I mean, you had two options. You can be true to the character, yeah. which is a problematic character to begin with and kind of lame. And apparently Stupid Matt tells me that Matt Fraction actually did interesting things with the character in the comics. Right. At one point, but... Well, someone, uh, a friend of mine brought up uh, an interesting point, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, and uh, hopefully I get it mostly right, is that the the character also had a lot to do with privilege and um, what that means. And this, you know, Danny Rand is a starts out being a very privileged person, and then sort of loses that and sort of gives up that privilege. And that's kind of the story. We'll see if they do that or mm. if they work with those themes. Who knows? We've talked about that. I was saying this before. We've talked about this in the last couple episodes about down with trailers. You know, you mm -hmm. really can't tell enough f about a show from a trailer. And it can give you the wrong impression. This has happened apparently um, with... Oh, uh, what's the Great Wall? Is it called the movie called The Great Wall? Matt Damon was very upset at New York Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't agree. I think it is. It's awful. Uh, I don't agree that they've got the wrong idea. I think we've got the right idea about this movie is that it's a movie about a thing that is historically, it is Chinese and there should not be white people in this movie about yeah, something that is... But giant monsters are attacking the great wall of china so and it's made by chinese people chinese people made that call yeah because they think that's the only way to sell movies but that's up to them it's unfortunate that they think that but they made that call <sighs> it's the most expensive movie china's ever made guess what okay. they got to make that worldwide box office they're going to put a white blonde guy in the front Maybe I'm wrong about everything then. I just think it's an awful I'm not saying you're wrong I'm saying it does get dicey when you start holding you know and i hate when like anime fans do this about it's a different culture you don't understand yang jimu and the producers of this movie and all of the actual chinese people who are making this movie about china yes they made that decision white folks sitting in north america pissing and moaning about it it just strikes me as i think it's because little to lean into hard into like tone policing type it's of thing. not but it's not even just white people you know it's it's just people being sick of uh, the idea that the only way to sell movies or get people to watch movies is to put a white person in the lead. Yeah. But they, it's not true. With all the money at stake in this movie, they were not they were not going to be the ones to take that gamble. But no and one, you can't blame them so for that. So few people take the gamble. More yeah. people take the gamble. <laughs> there. This, we made it back around to the <laughs> actual point. Take the gamble. Yes. Yang Jimu, I'm not going to blame you for not taking the gamble. And I loved Hero, and I hope this movie's dope. It's got giant monsters, so. Well, um, yeah. Giant monsters are As cool. long as they don't come out of the fucking ocean. Speaking <laughs> of giant monsters. Oh. So, friends, you may not know this about me. Your old-ass friend, Sunshine Bubbles, will become one year older next week. Yeah. Thinking about 
what would I want to do for the anniversary of my birth besides sitting in a dark room suffering existential angst about how little I've accomplished in my life? Man, that's like once a week for me. <laughs> it's once a week for me too. It's it's like has an extra resonance on on my birthday. <laughs> Especially cuz I'm like one year away from the odometer rolling another another digit. <laughs> that one's really not going to go well. You never but know. We're we're still we're still one away from that. There will not be a humorous uh Jordan slideshow, you know, surprise but not surprise <laughs> birthday party when that happens i was thinking what would i like to do on my birthday well shin godzilla is playing in toronto oh really that week and assorted other theaters i don't have all of them but in toronto it's playing at the uh, young dundas cineplex the 24 cinema one i was like that'd be a good idea i would like to do that guess what what i can't sold out wall to wall all three screenings of Shin Godzilla in Toronto. And you want to know something? Hmm. There are no white people in that movie. There might be. You don't know. I am making an assumption. All right. Just saying. Yeah, there are no white people in that movie. You know what else? That movie is playing three times. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, if it's sold out, there obviously could be more showings of it. It's not. There. Yeah, sure, there could be more showings of it. It's not going to pull the international gross that... <laughs> The producers of Great Wall wanted to need to pull no, to make their money back. No, nobody knows that until they try. <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. Apparently not. Not going to let it go. Even though this is not the story we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I apologize. We're talking about the fact that Shin Godzilla is sold out. So if you want to see it, tough, tough for you, tough for me. But it's just dope that I love it when these little niche movies that you think it's like, sure, I'll just roll in. It's still like two weeks away. I'll just roll in. I'll buy a ticket. You know, whatever. Nope. No dice. Nope. No Gojira for Jordan. Other Toronto-based movie news okay. this week. Sorry, friends. This is kind of like the regional bulletin board we're doing today. But this is mildly important, I guess. Um, Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Yes. Rapidly approaching. This is a big deal. Horror-themed for, film festival in for Toronto. For Halloween. For Halloween. And all your zombie walk-related activities. Uh, of note to our listeners, perhaps, if you are in the Toronto area and you would like to go, Train to Busan will be having a showing. So exciting. First showing, sold out. Tethered swimming, if you wanted to go to that one. But on October 15th, the midnight showing at 11.59, there are still a few tickets left. So if you heard our discussion about Train to Busan, and despite spoiling every detail about it, you were like, <laughs> I would still like to see this movie. Go to, you can check that out, the Scotiabank Theater, and you can get tickets on torontoafterdark.com as well. Of note to me... Yep. To me personally. To you personally. October 18th, if I wasn't working, I'd probably be trying to do this instead of seeing uh, Shin Godzilla, is the Japanese Masters of Horror Night, which will have at 7 o'clock a movie called As the Gods Will, directed by Takashi Miike, who longtime listeners will remember as the director of Audition, that movie Caitlin refused to watch. Yep. <laughs> refused to watch. This is a somewhat campy movie, I believe, about figures from Japanese lore and mythology who come into our world and wreak havoc. If I recall, the trailer had some sort of scene of like in a high school classroom of like a Daruma playing red light green light with <laughs> with a class and if he caught you and he turned around your head exploded into red beads wow because Takashi Miike and cleanse your palate after that nonsense with what will probably be a much more intense experience with a 930 showing of a movie called Creepy from a director named Kiyoshi Kurosawa who is one of the like OG masters of J-horror like yeah. when, when it was like burbling up he did a movie called pulse which got made into a terrible american movie <laughs> of course <laughs> as, did. as you do and he did a movie called cure which are all like we talked before about how j-horror is like 
you just feel bad the entire time you're watching it. It's not yep. like, blah, blah. it's just like, oh, God, <laughs> life is meaningless. Kyoshi Kurosawa is one of the guys who is really responsible for that. Creepy is apparently a movie about it's like a serial killer wandering around and this cop and his wife and they have a weird relationship and they both start to suspect their creepy neighbor of being involved in it. And I'm sure it's very tense and will make you feel bad and we'll have you leaving the theater feeling that life is meaningless. So that's a good time. Fun. And that is all as both on October 18th is a double feature again at the Scotiabank Theater. If you'd like more information about any of these movies or to buy tickets or whatnot, those are at torontoafterdark.com. It's a very cool film festival. I say that as someone who's never gone because I always have to work and don't like spending money on things besides records. But if that's your jam, it is one of the better jams in the city to do it. And speaking of things that'll make you feel like life is meaningless. My and, favorite. And basically that things are horrible. Ne- that's my favorite next to quality segues. So I am just getting everything I need right now. <laughs> so Hulu's upcoming adaptation of Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. is, is happening soon. Soon being sometime in 2017, which is awesome. Um, but specifically about Hulu's adaptation, they've got some really great marketing staff. Okay, what are they doing? Um, at New York Comic Con, which we were just talking about, mm-hmm. they put some graffiti in the woman's bathroom. Uh-oh. Saying, do you know the, the story very well? Vaguely. Okay, so it says... Nolite te bastarde carborum dorum, which is don't let the bastards get you down, which is an important sort of bit in Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of left it there. Didn't put it in the men's bathroom, just in the women's bathroom. <laughs> and kind of just was like, this is our marketing, which I think is kind of awesome. Um, they've also uh, put out a creepy Twitter, like very short image, um, just saying, I think it's like, blessed are the fruit. Or something to that effect. Um, so they're they're doing a good job so far, and I'm hoping that's a a good sign that this is going to be an awesome adaptation. Because I really like I I really like The Handmaid's Tale. It's not the happiest book. <laughs> no, I've got ga- I've gathered that most of uh, of Peg's sci-fi output has not been. <laughs> um, it's not been happy-go-lucky. It depends. I mean the. For any of those people who are thinking about reading it, it's it's better than a lot of sort of dystopian sci-fi in that they're they're sort of light at the end of the tunnel. But it does get it gets heavy sometimes, kind of like horror, Japanese horror to be specific. <laughs> Her graphic novel does not look good. I I don't know. I haven't I haven't even thought about reading it. I uh, I like her work, but I just, there's so many good. other things. A, exactly. There's so many other things. Like, do you, are you ready for some more? Is it one of your regulars? I don't know. I don't know. It's what you're not. It's not with. one of my regulars. Can I jump in on one of your regulars? For, yeah. For, for a minute. I would love that. Jordan hopping in on Caitlin's astronomy minute. Oh no! I saw one of them fireballs the other day. You saw shooting star? Well, you know the like the the Orionids that how he. Haley's Comet debris that yeah, apparently falls yeah, yeah. every, and there were like reports of like all these like fireballs streaking through the sky. Yeah. I saw one leaving work the other day. Very nice. I was headed for the bus and I just saw this giant fiery thing go across the sky and I was like, that's dope. I'm really happy I saw that article about people already seeing these. I'd probably be freaking the fuck out right now. <laughs> the aliens have come. <laughs> they are coming. It is a missile. We're all going to die. Uh, no, but it was, it was very beautiful and, and I made a wish and can you make a wish on yes. meteors and yes. debris? Yes, you can. You well, I did that and that's, 
so there you go i think it happens every october i don't know how long the, the the frame in which this happens frequently might be might be over by now but Shouts to the Orionids. <laughs> um, well, si- well, I was going to bring something else up, but since we're on Astronomy Minute, I actually have, I have some that, news. Look at that segue. Yeah. Deep into right field. Uh, so there are two space agencies that are going to try and land on Mars mm-hmm. next week. Next week. Next week. The European Space Agency and the Roscosmos, which is the Russian version of that um they are trying to uh land something called the exomars there is a little they're working in tandem or individually they're working in tandem okay and there's a little bit of um some baggage that comes with the exomars because both russia and the european space agency have had issues landing things and have them work properly so hopefully fingers crossed they they um, are able to do that and then can sort of show up NASA and then gets NASA moving on getting us to Mars. Because really, that's what the end goal is. Um, and the rover is still there. The rover is just yeah, chilling out. just beep, beep, beeping. On a, on a beach chair, just like fingers up. Yeah. <laughs> Middle fingers up, like, suck it, Russia. Yeah. And, you know, seeing space squirrels and all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> uh, space what? <laughs> oh, there's been a couple of shots and people are like, that's obviously a squirrel. And it looks a lot like a squirrel, but it's really just a rock. It's just a rock and some shadow that's, you know, there's there are no there are no space pyramids on Mars. There are no squirrels. <laughs> Calm down, people. Um, but the the ExoMars specifically is there to it's on an astrobiology mission which is basically a mission to um, gauge geological and biological activity on Mars. Ah. Um, so they'll be measuring temperature and water and Not to find out bacteria. if our bones turn to jelly if, we try to, <laughs> if people try to exist on it. Well, they won't turn to jelly, but we do know that if people go to Mars, their brains will be... Um, uh, be fired with radi- crazy radiation and Dope. we'll get something called space brain and may not survive it so you know it's kind of like jelly i guess but for your brain mars is fun <laughs> grow, grow so many potatoes <laughs> so many potatoes apparently uh, I, haven't, so, I haven't seen that movie or read so that book. anyways i just thought that was a little bit of fun space news for those people who are interested in space all news. things space and astronomy and all that jazz what was your original point that you were going to go with? Um, it was that the Power Rangers oh, yes. trailer has the dropped. Out. Have you watched it? I did, against my better judgment. <laughs> it wasn't quite what I was expecting. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was expecting way more cheese. and It was still oh, pretty cheesy. It was cheesy, but it's like kid cheesy. It's like Disney Channel cheesy. Not like poorly made show cheesy <laughs> like i mean they're they're the effects were actually quite good yeah and it was it had an animorphs vibe to it you know these sort of kids going somewhere they weren't supposed to and then finding something alien and then getting powers um and i i'm probably won't go to theaters to see it but good lord no no i don't even is it coming out in theaters it's yes. gotta be yes I might take some kids. If I know some kids and they want to go, I might go with them. But not on my own. Listen, ultimately a Power Rangers movie is going to involve a scene where a giant monster fights a giant robot. So <laughs> Which is kind of awesome. That's amazing. And if we can bring a love of giant robots and giant monsters fighting each other to a new generation of adolescents, then I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of trailers, quick hits. Forgot to mention other news from New York Comic Con. Yeah. Um, so it'll be coming out later, maybe even post Defenders, but The Punisher is starting filming. Like they're, oh, really? they're working on it. Oh, I didn't even I think don't they, think they were started, there yet. Well, maybe they didn't start working on it, but uh, it has been announced that Karen Page will be a co-lead in the show. Ooh. Deborah Ann Wall will be moving from Daredevil on to the Punisher side of things. And there's been some other casting news about some dude who plays one of Frank Castle's army buddies, Microchip, has been cast. Cool. Some dude with three names from Girls. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember his name. <laughs> okay. Um, side note, I was listening to old episodes. Yeah. Of our show, because I do that, because I'm a big nerd. And you I love, are and I such love our, a big nerd. And I love our show, and I like to listen to it. And I was listening to the episode where we talked about the Netflix Death Note relaunch, yeah. and I made mention of the fact that, like, oh, they've announced some casting things. I don't know who many of the people are, but Keith Stanfield from Straight Outta Compton is playing L. Keith Stanfield plays Darius on Atlanta. I'm way more into this fucking show now, or way more into this Death Note thing now that I've seen him in Atlanta yeah. than I was at the time. I was like, he was the only name I knew when I first reported this story. Now I'm like, oh, he plays Darius, the best part of Atlanta? Hell yes. I mean, he's going to be amazing in this. Oh, that's, well, that's good to know. Hey, I'm glad you're re-watching old episodes, or re-listening to old episodes, because someone's got to do it. And uh, ju- ju- Juking them numbers. Yeah. Juking the stats, as they used to say on the wire. And uh, and I'm excited that you're excited for, for this remake you know what else i'm excited about which what? has come up on previous episodes as well you all just saw this excitement what are you excited for black mirror oh dropping in two weeks I, on netflix i'm excited but man i can only take those episodes Trailer like dropped episodes like like once and then i gotta eat a lot of chocolate and like watch something really happy the trailer dropped on yesterday i think or two days ago got our first look at the six episodes that will be coming in this yep. first season of first part of the third season of black mirror oh man i can't wait they really did a um like a meld of sort of well-known actors from the u.s and from britain like Mm -hmm. they like they really it wasn't just american it was really a merger of the two so it's nice to see these people working together yes uh saw bryce dallas howard in there i know i think alice eve from what the hell was she in oh uh, Star star trek right um, she plays the blonde in that episode, I think, which yes. looks to be a very social media type of parody type thing. You yeah. Know, get, getting the likes. What, what was the line that I'm going to love this episode? Cause I know people in my life like this and this is why black mirror is amazing. Cause you'll watch it and be like, yeah, that's where it's fucking headed. Yeah. Um, where you just, you're watching like people laughing about, I think the Alice Eve character is like holding up a wedding ring, like going like, <laughs> like they're so excited. And you hear this voiceover going like, no one is that happy. A two year old with a fucking balloon. Isn't that happy? Like. That's, yeah. I know people like that. I know people like that. And I just love the, when they're flashing quotes over, like, you know, press quotes for people who've got, who don't know what Black Mirror is and what's wrong with you if you don't. Saying that, like, you know, it's a series that takes place five minutes in the future yeah. from our own time and ask the question, why aren't you more afraid? Yeah, that's, uh, that's basically it. Basically, and it. why I get really sad watching these episodes and need to eat lots of chocolate and watch something really happy afterwards. <laughs> uh, Charlie Brooker talked to somebody, Entertainment Weekly, maybe. Yeah, and he was kind of giving a brief rundown of like what every episode was like, um, kind of the mode they were working in. Right, and he likened the one starring Braun, which is you watch the trailer, right? Yeah. That's the one where like where the kids going like they filmed me on the webcam and he obviously caught like got caught like jerking off on a camera or something yeah. he's being blackmailed or something. Um, 
he likened that one to like, yeah, that's the one that's most like the national anthem. And I'm like, well, wow. We know what's coming there. Yep. We'd be real sad and upset. And stupid Matt was like, oh man, I can't wait to binge all those. I'm like, are you high? What? Is, what? <laughs> you fucking binge Black Mirror. You watch one, you go for a walk down by a riverside and eat then lots of chocolate. Eat lots of chocolate. Watch something happy and then wait another week until you watch the next one. Oh man. Still so excited though. Matt, what is wrong with what you? What is wrong with you, Matt? <laughs> stupid Matt. Yeah, so I am excited. I, I, I guess I am excited about it, but I'm also, you know. Excited excited is relative when you're talking about something like Black Mirror. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking, um, Handmaid's Tale is a lot like Black Mirror. It's sort of, it's not set that far into the future, and that deals with a lot of social issues, uh, primarily reproductive issues concerning women. And it sort of takes it to an extreme, but really that was a big part of the book is why are you not more afraid these are something these are things we really do need to fight for and you kind of see that in the u.s where people haven't haven't been as vigilant or don't think it's as much of a problem and then all of a sudden pop you've got nowhere to get an abortion and you know it's (laughs) kind of a horrible horrible situation a guy running for vice president on the republican ticket uh has you know in his history trying to pass laws that basically requires you to like pay for your funeral for your miscarried fetus yeah yeah because he's insane um so yeah on that fun note fun note soup's fun (laughs) fun 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 i guess we'll take a break you want to take a break yeah i gotta take a break and eat some chocolate (laughs) we're sad and we're going to go shove some chocolate in our face and when we come back we're not going to talk about anything we brought anybody no because it's it's ketchup episode it's a holiday we're chilling out yeah getting caught up on some things we talked about previously you'll find out what we were watching this weekend when we come back after this Hey y'all, welcome back to the program. This is the part of the show where normally Caitlin and I would discuss the things that we brought each other, things we would not have encountered in our day-to-day geekery. But, but. due to the holiday, thought we'd take a little take a little break. Well, sorry, due to the holiday and the fact that we have not been able to look at things <laughs> that we said we were going to look at again. Due to the fact that we felt like it. Uh, it's catch-up episode. Woo! I feel like we need like a something yeah like that this week because we always talk about how maybe i'll check out some more of it maybe i'll watch more of it yeah but usually what happens is going into the next episode we got something else we have to look at yep and and we also happen to be watching the things that we watch every week anyways and we also happen to be like you know adults with jobs and lives (laughs) well that part yeah friends and family commitments and things like that not every weekend can be devoted to shoveling Doritos in your face and watching 11 episodes of Luke Cage in a weekend. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited for future weekends. Caitlin's still so jealous about that. So we thought we would take this opportunity to look back, revisit some of the things that we have talked about on the show before. So this week, uh, the rules do not apply. It's probably the only week that the rules no. don't really apply. Though, except, except for one. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. Because if you watched either three episodes with us or have just checked out three episodes or haven't 
seen anything about these shows, you are going to want to leave because we are definitely going to get into now, it. moving further along through some of them. Uh, Caitlin had given me specific requests for things she wanted me to check out. Yep. I didn't really... I kind of left you to your own devices and mm-hmm. said you can check out, when you know, go back to whatever you want to go back to. I may have leaned a little bit into one of them, the thing that she had given a perfect score to and never went back to. I was like, maybe you want to go back to that. Um, so how do you want to do this? Do you want do you want to just unload all of it? Do you want to go one at a time? We'll go one at a time. I think that's better. All right. Well, we'll start with the one, I guess, that one of the ones Caitlin had requested for me, and that is Avatar The Last Airbender, which first came up. On episode 18? That's right. Avatar and Phonogram. We did that episode. Avatar and Phonogram, Phonogram, Phonogram. Uh, If I recall, I remember at the time thinking it was okay, but thinking it was like anime for people who have never seen anime. And I had said, oh, you just need to get into it for a bit. And you said you have a rule that if you have to give it more than how many hours? I don't even know. This this (laughs) is the Final Fantasy Thirteen rule, which I've mentioned previously on the show which is when final fantasy 13 came out everybody complained that it didn't feel like a final fantasy game there was no open world exploration it was basically you were really led by the nose throughout the game yeah as fun as the battle and party management and all that might have been the actual like exploration there was none of that and proponents of the game and the decisions made in the game were always like you just got to get to like hour 30 and the world opens up and you can explore the planet and blah 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 even though then it was just like a big field there were no like cities to run to or anything it was just like you're just hunting dinosaurs on a big field. Okay, cool. But still, it took you 30 hours to get there. That's unacceptable. This is the thing I always heard about Avatar when I was... I think I made it to maybe episode four or five right. in my initial watch. And thinking like, eh, this is cool. Yeah. Wasn't really crazy about it. I think I got to episode 12. Oh. So more than halfway through the first season. Yeah. My opinion has not changed at, at all? all? Oh my god. And you know what people are saying to me? What? You gotta get to like book three or four. Book that's three when, or four? That's when it gets good. No, not book like three like book or three. Or once Zuko turns. Which, spoilers, I mean, I haven't even seen it. It's obvious because I've watched oh, a lot yeah. of shonen episode in my, shonen anime in my life. Obviously he's the Vegeta. Obviously he's I gonna don't, turn. I don't ever think that was not clear. <laughs> but... Uh, no, way sooner than that. And if you're not enjoying it now, I don't know that you'll enjoy it later, but it does get so good. I am well over the halfway point of the of the first season. Of the first book, yeah. And I'm just like, episode of the week, we've gone somewhere, we're learning a lesson. We're... I, know, it's, I think I love this show so much, and just that you don't... What's the girl's name? Which one? The sister. Katara? She's the worst. She's not the worst. Stop making terrible decisions all the time. I get you're a kid. Why'd you steal the fucking water scroll? He's the avatar. Of course he's going to be better at waterbending than you. Get over it. It's about growth, Jordan. And the lessons we learned on every episode. Okay, yeah, let's continue making terrible decisions. The dreamy freedom fighter guy, Jet. I'll believe everything he has to say. I just met him five minutes ago because he makes my panties percolate. Yeah, that's how it works that's with how teenage it works. girls. Yeah. Stupid. And you know what? Fuck Aang. <laughs> Poor Aang. Fuck Aang. And just, you know, like, minor things. Also, the frame rate on this show yeah. really started to irritate me. Oh. It's not animated very fluidly. Like... I, this, these are all things, and I'm like, what are you talking about? This show's great. <laughs> yeah, apparently at book three and four, it gets great. That's still another, like, 30 episodes away. I, all I have to say is, I'm sorry, Kayam, I tried. 
y'all are I don't I don't know why y'all are being so forgiving of this show or why you love this show so I much. I show. don't know how Kayam, I know you watch anime too. How did this show hook your interest to the level that like a quality anime would? I don't know. I'm I as we know I'm not Kayam, the... you love Naruto. I'm never gonna watch Naruto, Kayam, but you love it. <laughs> tell me why Avatar tell me why this hooked you to the level that like Naruto did. Kayam, you cried when Naruto was ending. <laughs> You cried, Kayam. Did Avatar ever make you cry? Yes. You did? Why? Avatar made me cry so many times in book three or four. <laughs> right. After you sat there, I just thought, oh, God. No, oh. actually, I think, what, just book, no, book two or three, I would say. Does it have a book four? And that's what God, I can't people remember. were telling. People were like, why you got to hate on that? Why you hate on Avatar? Yeah. So I was talking to people leading up to this recording, and I was like, I'm just not feeling it. And they're like, what? why are you hating on it? I was like, because I've seen too many shonens, and I've seen, like, good shonens. And this is... Shonen for people who don't... If you never knew what Shonen anime was, this would be amazing. No, but I know what Shonen anime, anime Did is. Did you when you were first watching it? Yeah. I do have one... I do have... Okay, I have one note. There were some practical applications to bending. Yes. And like water bending. I did like seeing those. Yes. Like when, you know, there's a fucking ship that they're on is about to go over a waterfall because of some terrible decision Katara made. Because it's always about a terrible decision <laughs> Katara made. And it's like, let's do the thing and pull the water back so we're we can change the current and not go over the go over the waterfall. I liked that stuff. Weird things were like so when we're getting our origin stories for Zuko and Aang. Yeah. And there's like, you know, the storm. And I think that's a, that one seemed to be like, okay, that the title of that episode suggests to me that something important is going to happen. And maybe that's the, maybe we're shifting to second gear. It happened once in the next one we were dealing with, like, these two tribes who hated each other. And it's like, you smell, and you're too clean, and blah, we hate each other, and we have to get through a canyon. What? <laughs> wasted my time! <laughs> but this episode with, like, the origin of, like, how Aang ended up frozen. Yeah. How Zuko got burned on his face, and why he's been exiled, shit like that. Mildly interesting, but my only takeaway of it was, like, so the B-plot is, like... Sokka out with a fisherman, like trying to get, trying to get uh money. Yeah, and Ang has run away because there's like too much pressure on him, and and oh, he meets somebody who like accuses him of running away, I think, or being a coward type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which turns out to basically be the case. He couldn't deal with being the pre- with the pressure of being the avatar. He just yep. wanted to be a kid. And he ends up hopping on his glider and flying away into a cave, like very high up. Like Katara needs Appa. To get to the cave that Aang is now in. Yep, yep. So when they're having... <laughs> yep, yep, Appa. So when they're having this moment of, you know, they're talking and Katara's getting a better understanding of Aang, whatever. Suddenly, because we need to move the plot forward, the fisherman's wife just wanders in. <laughs> Have you seen my husband? You're like so high up. How did she, how did she get up there? How did she get up there? But we need her there because we got to keep the plot moving. I don't guess because reasons. I love reasons. <laughs> reasons <laughs> aliens <laughs> so i just uh, i'm happy it makes y'all happy it makes you so happy and i'm glad that y'all stuck it out for the next you know 13 hours of your life to get to where it gets good so good and i said to somebody people are like i was talking to somebody and she was like it's like book three or four is when it gets really good it's like can i just skip to there and she was like absolutely not I was no. like, well, then no. Like, it's not happening. There's too much to watch. It's not too much. Can I get, like, are there one of those pages that'll be like, listen, you can, here are the canon episodes. Oh. You can skip oh. this, 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 this. Watch, of Probably. the first season, watch these six episodes and you'll know all the important shit. Probably. Like, 
And listen, I know at the time you were all like, you need to meet Toph. You're Toph. I've seen a YouTube clip of Toph. I'm not Toph. Toph ain't that funny. Toph is hilarious. Toph is hilarious. Toph is hilarious. She's blind. Cool. And she's, she is, you are They They make a bunch of blind jokes. It's amazing. All right. Yep. The only thing I care about is if her and Sokka get together. You're being Toph right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it over being Luke from Gilmore Girls, which is a rant that this show has not gotten to. (laughs) So good. Apparently, I'm Luke from Gilmore Girls. Who is it, who is it who brought it up again? A uh, girl named Kate I used to work with, who just randomly, I hadn't spoken to her for like two years. Kate, you were a superstar. Like, the Facebook Messenger, the message before was like in 2015. And then, boop, I'm just rewatching Gilmore Girls, and I've realized that you're Luke. You have the same eyes and the same attitude, and blah, blah, blah. And listen, all y'all people, because this one, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm pointing at her face right now. Yep. This one busted out laughing so fucking hard when I told her this. She was like, oh my god, you're so Luke. Backwards dad cap is never happening. So anyone, how am I anyone, how am I akin to anyone who would make the decision to wear a backwards dad cap every day of their life? Super Luke. It's like you're a combination of Luke and Toph, and they've combined to be one person. I mean, Luke gets to bang Lorelai, so I mean, I'm here for that, because I would bang Lorelai. And Toph got, gets to be amazing. Does she get to bang Sokka? I'm not saying anything. You gotta, you gotta watch the show. Listen, there may be some wiki reading when I'm super bored one night so I can keep up on the conversation. And if it gets me to when it gets good. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe when I've exhausted every other viewing option, I still say I'd probably enjoy Korra more. But nobody would let me jump straight to Korra. I might now. I might now. I'm, Caitlin I'll was like, you it. can't jump to Korra. Korra's getting a sequel or something. Uh, I read that. Is well, that a comic? It, it's or? a comic. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. It's a comic. I hate when people do that. What? It's like, oh my god, Firefly's coming back. It's a fucking comic. It doesn't count. Like, Well, it counts a little bit. Nah. We need to know more of the story. Buffy's on like season like 13 in the <laughs> comics. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's not. Listen, get over it. So yeah, that, that was that was Avatar. Sorry, fam. I tried. You tried. I gave it the old college try. I just... Aang is irritating. They, they age up a little bit as they go on too, don't they? Yes, they do. All right. So maybe when he's, you know, not nine years old he's not nine and they don't age up that much but they do get a little bit more mature I don't know, whenever whenever he's got his uh his whenever he goes to like one shoulder exposed whenever he goes total shaolin monk style i'm not really sure when that is i haven't watched it in a while you know then later later books doesn't his outfit change where he's got like one shoulder like exposed uh, possibly again it's all a blur really you know like he's in a, he's in a 90s new jack swing <laughs> duo with the with the overalls with the one strap off like that's that's the look he's rocking except he's just got monk robes right yeah you know yeah i know now well, on, thank now you on for tour, that assessment. hang the airbender <laughs> opening for bell biv devoe all right well so that yeah so, sorry y'all i tried better they're, luck better luck next time they're hurt but they'll get over it they will get over it now on to on to me so yeah as said i didn't really give Kate, much direction. I said, just have at it. You can pick whatever you want. I don't care. I think it'll be an interesting discussion, regardless. So, what'd you choose, Kate? Um. Well, the first thing I chose was Food Wars. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I. Well, no, no, I am serious. Yeah. I'm... You chose Food Wars. I chose Food Wars. You've been so outspoken about <laughs> Food Wars. It's like the totem. Sorry, y'all. Uh, Food Wars. Was is... uh, sorry. It showed up. Um, Food Wars showed up episode three of our show with uh, Bitch Planet. Yes, Bitch Planet and Food Wars, two things that could not have been further apart at the time, although I'm sure we've matched it in episodes since. Yeah. Uh, Food Wars, 
always ha- I've mentioned it as I've continued watching it mm-hmm. and I've enjoyed continued watching it. This is the uh, this is the shonen anime with cooking that features copious amounts of fan service and yep. one, it was one of the first moments where Kate was like, "Oh man, fan service is gross and I don't like it." Yep. So why would you go back to it? You've been very outspoken about it. I don't your... know. I was really curious because you had said, and a couple of other people had said that, again, a little later on, it sort of it shifts a little bit. It dies and, down to an extent. Yeah. And it sort of, but it is a really good show beside that. And you brought it up a couple of times and I know it's on its second season. And Yeah, but I, I, st- I think... <laughs> I think if the if the argument against Avatar is you can't tell me it gets good at this episode, yeah, I think the argument for Food Wars is going to be I can't tell you it dies down in like episode eight. Yeah, I know. Because doesn't the first thing after the initial three episodes is like doesn't Nakumi show up the meat master girl? Yeah, um, yeah. But so we'll, I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So have actually added. no. She, she. I think I know how this is going to go. She shows up episode six. Oh, how many did you watch? How far did you get? Um, I got to episode six only because I ran out of time. Oh, because you ran out of time, not because you were like, fuck this shit and I don't want to watch it. No. Have we had a turnaround on Food Wars? <laughs> I'm going to keep watching it. Oh my God. <laughs> now, now. Saying that. Saying that. I've written down two, well, two notes. Two, two. It doesn't and I don't even care. It two, doesn't matter. Notes. The first note is, I'm here for this show. <laughs> I'm going to watch this show what has happened the second one is an is a note about issues oh. <laughs> first one being grotesque fan service that i still it still yeah. ruins the show to an extent because it'll be perfectly like awesome stuff going on and then it's like literally her boobs make the sound of like jello being like sploosh like it's like like it's gross. Oh, yeah, that's the sound it makes. It's you disgusting. didn't have headphones in when you did that. It was extra gross. Sorry, <laughs> super everyone. Gross. Um, and the other issue is that I have to eat while I watch the show. That's the worst part. I it makes me so I. Jordan was kind of curious why I brought this giant Tupperware container filled with leftovers. It's because I wanted to continue watching it on the bus, (laughs) but I couldn't do that unless I had food with me because it the show actually makes me hungry. See, you have you have the facilities to try this, and I'm not saying like do it and bring me some, but just in like general, like can you try making some of the food that they have on Food Wars? Because people do this all the time. There are, like, YouTube videos of people trying to do... I can't, because I am a terrible cook. (laughs) But Senior Correspondent is an amazing cook, and he might be able to do it. Well, there you go. Try that. What's that? One of the early ones he has? It's like a hamburger steak or something? Like Yeah, and then there's just, like, every dish is just amazing. And one of the things I did really love was his roommate, who is naked all the time with just the apron. You finally got the apron guy. Which was actually the fourth episode he shows up. And one of my favorite parts about that is when uh, the other members of his dorm are like, are we going to talk about the way he's dressed? Like, and they bring it up all the time, but they never actually say anything. I was going to say, do they ever explain why he does that? No, or? I well, not so far. And all they say is like, are we going to address the way he's dressed or like address the lack of clothing? Like they, every time you see him naked, they get really uncomfortable. And it's just a funny nakedness as being funny. But they also have things like his fully exposed bottom, like... <laughs> in in poses and they did a better job of balancing the nakedness between men and women now that being said the meat master who mm. is ugh, is just grossly under 
uh, wardrobe. She becomes a decent character, but there's no justifying her wardrobe. No. And, how and, she's... and the f- there are a couple things. Are A, again, she's a young woman, and they've dressed her like that. B, there's no reason for her to be dressed like that. No. C, that is not clean while you're cooking. That is, and like burns could happen. There, She should have more burns on her <laughs> and like not sanitary. Oil and grease is flying around. And not sanitary in the least. And like, like the outfit she does with cooking with him is like, it's a bra and then it's, it's jean short shorts. That, it's Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Yeah. Daisy Dukes. But the, the, like the zippers undone on like real, like gross stuff. Um, so refresh my memory. This is, up to episode six. six, so she shows up and challenges him to a shokugeki. Well, n- what happens is she shows up and challenges the guy with the big bouffant or whatever it's called, the the flip. Right, she's been going, she's been taking out clubs. Yes, and challenges him, and he's all freaked out, and so he's the president of the Dawn Club, which is yes. like rice bowl, yeah, that's type right. of club, because there's yeah. a there's a club for every style of dish at yeah. this school. Oh, and and so far you've seen the I want to call it the Samurai Club, but it's some kind of soup soup club that has been taken out and anyways you know something's up with she's an antagonist at this point she yes. shows up as an antagonist and now she's part of the dawn club because he ends up winning obviously and that's the other thing you know he's gonna win you just don't know how yet mm. and that's part of the fun of it right that stuff i love and i love the cooking and i love the other female characters in his dorm the animal girl the three girls yeah they're all and there's even one who's like sexy but she's not grotesquely sexy like the others and like the the meat master and then the one he fought off at the beginning i don't uh, what's her name she's the head basically she's ruling everything the blonde one. Oh, the tongue of god yeah the, the, the tongue of god Arana, i think yeah um like her shirt her boobs like the shirt morphs around her boot like it's not <laughs> you, possible you've mentioned this before yeah it just the, it, the tailoring and every, and every time i see her or the meat master i'm just it's so gross i it's hard but i'm like but i really like the show but i hate this so much but i really like the show did the did the food gasms reach their absurd point where it's like it's not just like oh my god my clothes are exploding and i'm orgasming but it's like it's being used to represent visually like they're when they're talking and very like oh it's like this food is like i'm you know walking through a oh, summer yeah, field and doing, you know blah 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 they're doing the stories now it's yeah. like what story does your food tell right, right, and right. they've got more to that and it's less about being naked and more about being like what you're experiencing yeah because that's um, when i thought it got interesting was when they used that so of course obviously it's always going to start with the ah! it's like the yeah. the camera pan up is like you know odd fluids are shooting off people yeah. you know whatever <laughs> was some sort of sploosh is happening but then it gets super absurd with like what it's actually depicting yeah and also you've funny bit you've met the woman the head of the dorm the older woman who's right, like right, right. a mermaid or something like I... <laughs> her, her hair does weird things um and like she She's trying to, like, kiss him at one point. Like, there's funniness with it. Um, And they keep on having, like, parties in that poor kid's (laughs) dorm room. Let's party. We'll have it in his room. He's like, why? (laughs) Because it's always clean. I just cleaned it. That part's great. Um, And, yeah, so I'm I'm really liking the characters from the dorm. It's still grotesque, grotesque fan service. But But you are now, you have now 
I feel like I need to play like the Final Fantasy Victory theme or something. Like, <laughs> da, 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 da. You have like you have leveled up as an anime fan, <laughs> as an anime viewer to a certain extent. Although, I mean, the problem because is you though... are now dealing and processing the things that like me and a lot of anime fans of our stripe, yeah, anime fans who are not just like I love gross shit, but who like realize that like well, there's gonna be gross shit, and how do we come to terms? with the gross shit in it and still see the good of this. Yeah. And that's not always going to happen. I don't think that's ever going to happen with something like Kill a Kill. I don't think that's yeah. ever happening for you. But the fact that you have been able to watch something like Food Wars and being like, that's still really gross, but God damn it, I like XYZ and, and all I these do, other And I do, and I keep on, I, I, I want to watch more of it. Like, I actually am really excited about the next episode. <laughs> and that there's two seasons. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited for, oh, I'm excited for you. <laughs> um. So, and that was a surprise because I didn't know it was going to be like that. Like, I I, I thought, eh, if it remains the same, I'm probably not going to be interested. But then I got really, and especially when they do like, next episode blah 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 and i'm like oh, there's a battle like I, i'm excited so that yeah that's a bit of a turnaround um oh they're gonna go to the hotel go to the hotel for like the boot camp type thing oh i'm so no idea what you're you. talking about but i'm excited about it all except for the like and when i mean grotesque fan serve i service i don't mean just like panning to the boobs or panning doing like upskirts i'm talking like the boobs have this physics that is not it's like gel and it but liquid and it like bleh, like oh nakumi always has this like glow or sheen on her breast yeah they always like put this shine on and her it, tits well it and it looks like lasers are coming like she has little lasers coming out of her boobs <laughs> and it's very weird um so that's that's and i know now she's part of the club so she's gonna be there more frequently which is a problem because i really don't want to see that um and it's fine for girls to be different sizes but all the girls that are chesty are expose it to the nth degree um having the other girls there who are just normal human beings is nice i just wish there was more of that and i wasn't thrilled that she as a character kind of ended up doing that standard harem anime thing where it's like he beat me and i should hate him but, but I, I like him but i like him because he beat me and Ugh. she kind of becomes listen i've seen every episode of this show there is there has been no like love story to this right. show um but there are people who are into soma for various reasons so you would set the bit where the don club president gets his pompadour chopped off and tapes it back yes together. <laughs> yeah well actually and the, oh this is the other thing that i really loved and it i think it showed up in the fourth episode there was almost like a i didn't realize there's kind of like a these mini scenes at the end and sometimes in the middle. Oh, yeah. Food Wars does that a lot where, like, after the credits, there will be an yeah. extent. It's not just, like, on the next episode. It's, it's like, just... an extra scene. And, or, but the, the part I like when they're all chibi and stuff and, like, mm. the, the fourth episode after he meets his roommates and they have the party and stuff, they're all, like, naked on food, but, like, all of them. And it just was ridiculous and funny. And then in the episode when, I guess it's episode five when he gets his, like, pompadour chopped off or whatever, mm. um, there's, like, a chibi scene of him of them taping it and he's like more to the right more to the right and it was just silly and fun and i really like that stuff so i don't know there is and then it's also a really funny show like it's got it's some really funny lines funny. and some really also the the um annotations are really funny that they have <laughs> um part one of them is the cute girl who's the i guess the um rat not the ref but the 
or what do you call it? When oh, someone... she kind of hosts the Shokugeki? Yeah. Shokugeki's? Yeah. So she's the host and she's super cute. And then um, they have what she really feels about things, which is like, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> like um, my favorite thing to watch is love stories. She's like, actually, it's like monster movies. Like it was just silly. And yeah, I, I, I like that. Well, I am listeners. <laughs> Uh, there, there are no words for the level of stunned I am right now. Stunned. I, if you look at that face, that face is stunned. <laughs> it is stunned because if you'd walked in here and be like, "I can't wait to talk about food wars," I would have been like, "Word." <laughs> I had to stop because I was like, "I really want to talk to him about food wars." Not but what I, I expected. Gotta save it for the hashtag. Save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Um, the other thing is that leave here and go home and i'm gonna watch some more on the, on the bus i'm really excited about that <laughs> very mad that everything's closed because it's a holiday and you can't buy more food to shuffle in your face on the on the ride back yeah oh man i'm excited i'm i'm literally you know when you like something so much you're excited for somebody to watch it for the first yeah. time i'm i'm excited like i was with avatar the last airbender and now Sorry. all my hopes have been dashed i got something that might make you feel a little better what it's the other thing i watched Okay. That you had given me once. Yes. That I remember having a somewhat lukewarm reaction to at the time. Yes. Which was, uh, I don't know how serious you were about having me check out more of this. I do remember you kind of saying, I want you to watch more of this. And that was uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I, I was serious because I, I remember when we talked about it initially, you'd I forgot that the first couple of episodes were intro character episodes. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see them uh, be a team or work together or whatever. So I was serious about that. So I'm glad you, you did check it out. And um, I think they first, Earth's Mightiest Heroes first came up on episode nine. Yes. It was that and Madoka Magica. And I believe that was around the time where like the the presence and ghost of Young Justice loomed heavy over the show. Yeah, I think that's I had right. watched it a couple episodes before, and then the next the next episodes after that were like, Young Justice is so good, you guys, followed by <laughs> Fuck Young Justice. They did Wally Dirt again. Yeah. And then it was like, watch this pale imitation of Young Justice with Marvel <laughs> characters. You'll like that. And I'm being, being like, a combination of all the intro setup, which is probably necessary and required because this show came out in i think it's 2010 yeah when it first came out the first iron man movie came out in 2008 like yeah these stories these characters were not like ingrained in the popular culture not like they are quite the same way yeah talking about your big ones like the hulk and captain america and like hawkeye and stuff like that like most people have at least a base awareness of who Hawkeye is now, which is absurd to think about, really. <laughs> but because he was kind of like a B-list Avenger, you have to set up all these characters. And me being kind of like, okay, let's move it along type of thing. I think I got to episode seven-ish. Yeah. I watched I watched like another four episodes. And it's ramping up. And I'm enjoying yeah. it a lot more. Um, That's good to hear. I'm really excited about and, that. And like the team has formed uh, the Captain America episode, like the flashback period piece Captain America episode. Yeah, was really good. Again, deep cuts for a nerd like me. There's a random toss off joke where like the Howling Commandos are like approaching the beachhead during World War Two. Yeah, and somebody is like, "Howl it, get me some recon." And a character goes, "I'm working on it, bub." Anyone with a passing familiarity of the X Men might be like, "Was that Wolverine?" Yeah, super nerds like me will go. Yes, that was Wolverine, because Wolverine's super old, and they called him Howlett, because his name is James Howlett. That's right. Not Logan. His original name, before he got all Wolverined, was James Howlett. And that was all new developments at the time, or shortly before they had done this origin book. Blah, 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 comic nerd talk, whatever. But they, <laughs> they, had, they had opened the book on Wolverine's origins, 
as a character. So a nod to that for a nerd like me was like, nice, I appreciate that. Didn't become a thing. You know, Wolverine wasn't in the, he didn't pop his claws in the story. And as well, Spider-Man shows up in this at some point too, doesn't he? I thought I saw him in, in like a thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. He's in this sort of universe. So the rules may have been different you know we always talk about the thing with marvel cinematic is like they can't use the x-men yeah because a different studio sony owns or paramount somebody somebody owns the x-men fox right because legion's gonna be on fox so fox owns the x-men if you don't know the history of marvel comics they were going bankrupt in the 90s i think or the early aughts and were selling off their most popular characters so spider-man got sold to sony and the x-men got sold to fox and they were basically left with the Avengers. That was their next biggest characters. So in an effort to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, they like Iron Man should not have been huge. And it was. And it was. And now you have what you have. But there's a reason why the X-Men and Spider-Man up until recently have not shown up in the live action movies. It may have been different for the animated movies, different medium, television, different rights, whatever. Yeah. So you can't have Wolverine show up as an Easter egg in this one episode. You can maybe have Spider-Man show up later on in future seasons yep um i also saw the episode where all the jails broke out at once yeah so basically we're at the point now where what looks to be the crux of the season has happened where all these like super jails run by shield have there's been a breakout facilitated by someone someone we don't we don't know and there are all these super villains out there in the world yep and nick fury is really a jackass and <laughs> trying to manipulate everyone but yep. tony knows he's trying to manipulate him and they have a very antagonistic relationship which i like <laughs> like that like graviton is the, like lead villain in the opening jailbreak arc it's like graviton word like, yeah they really pulled out some like b listers or at least people you haven't really heard of in all of my years of collecting comics i saw graviton in a spider-man comic once yeah like so they really how... kind of pulled their resources and it's and, all, obviously people who loved comic books made this show. And they know they know the deep bench, right? They yeah. can pull they can pull from the deep bench of Marvel villains and I appreciate that. The next I think the next episode was how did it go? So there was like the Captain America episode origin episode, which I liked. There was the team chilling at the mansion yeah. and like their first There was the first mission there was the missions with the jailbreak, then forming as a team at the mansion. Yeah. Black Panther was kind of scurrying about in the background. I don't quite know what he's up to yet, but he was there as well. Um, Like the Enchantress showed up and like tried to use the Hulk against the rest of them. Yeah. Sort of thing. And there was that battle. Um, I have two questions. Hmm. Has it gotten funny yet? I don't know. I remember at the time having a problem with the guy who played Tony. Yeah. And Tony did still have a couple of moments where he talked about my tech. <laughs> they stole my tech. <laughs> but there were some moments where he got a mild, the character playing Tony got a mild chuckle out it, of me. It, it, Thor is mildly funny sometimes. It gets, it gets a little bit like it starts to get funnier and warmer as you go along. Mm. So, and the other question is, has the serpent society shown up yet? No. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> And then, yes, you had the Captain America episode with the origin and then the Captain America getting thawed and yeah. joining the team sort of episode. I don't think I managed to finish that episode. I think I had to, like, cut it off. But, right, because, like, the mansion and whatever was being attacked by these, like, weird clay monsters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have weird audio issues with Netflix on my Xbox. Oh. Where, like, it's super loud. 
if I like turn it up to ten, it gets super loud. So usually I watch the shit with the subtitles on. Right. Um, I just remember like farts being a subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> like this blob monster came into the mansion and it was like subtitle farts, <laughs> dope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm for being as lukewarm as I was about it at the time. Again, the the specter of Young Justice was probably still hanging over it because I loved Young Justice. It was fantastic. Young Justice has now faded from my memory. It has a warm spot in the Hall of Fame of yeah. my of my animated superheroic viewing. Um, giving it a little more time to breathe and coming back to it, I'm enjoying it a lot more, and I will likely stick with it. That's awesome. Um, and I, you know, the other thing is, I actually saw Young Justice after I watched this. Okay. So that. Young Justice really raises the bar, mm. so it's not. I'm not gonna ever say that it's gonna be as good as Young Justice, but it was a lot of fun to watch, and it was really nice to see characters I'd seen in other things like comic books appear, and even just briefly, or like you said, just mentions of things. Um, that was really great. And I'm curious to see how how deep in the bench they can get. How yeah. These fucking fin fang foom show up in some episode. Like, I'm curious to see if they're fighting giant underground dragons at some point. I'd be interested to to see that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, sorry that it didn't get to continue. I am going to check out that Avengers, or what do they call it? Avengers Assemble... whatever it's called. Nothing you talked about in the front half. Yeah, because I'm, I'm interested now. Um, I really don't think the writing... The writing gets good and it gets funny and that's what I kind of like out of my cartoons is some funniness. Mm. So, um, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm excited because you have so much ahead of you and we'll see how it goes. And how many seasons? Did you went three seasons or two? I think it went two. Two seasons. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, and finally, uh, the last cartoon, because apparently that's all we watch. All we do is watch cartoons, apparently. Um, I, I watched uh, more of Michiko and Hachin. Michiko and Hachin, the yeah. only perfect score that has ever been awarded yeah. on the Geek Down podcast. It was also talked about very early, was it not? It was. That was episode five. It was Michiko and Hachin in space. Spaced. I remember this was the... This was the first anime victory because I'd given you a couple shows at this point. Yeah, you had already seen Food Wars and dismissed it. Yeah, out of hand at the at time. Hand. And Michiko and Hachin was like, "I am all here for this show. I love this show. I can't wait to watch more." And then you never did. No, I must have just got distracted by, like you said, other things, and um, I knew it was always going to sort of be there, so it wasn't. I didn't have to worry about it. Well, after heading back to the Brazil but not Brazil locale of yeah, Michiko Malandro and. Hachin. Oh, she has a last name, but she's just Hachin. Just Hachin. How are you feeling about it? It got dark. I don't remember what happened. Um, how far did you get? Uh, episode six. Episode six. So you did three of each. Yeah. Um, which wasn't on purpose. It's just the way I, I kind of. We have lives to live. Honestly, so by the fourth episode, I, I started watching Food Wars. I had watched two more episodes of Food Wars, so I got to episode five of Food Wars. Oh, no, I sorry. I got to episode four of Food Wars. Then I started watching Michiko and Hachin. Um, and by episode five of Michiko and Hachin, I wanted to watch more Food Wars. <laughs> I did end up watching three of each. Um, but Michiko and Hachin, episode four, that's when the stripper and her young sister die. Right. Which is, I was not expecting that. That was sad. Um, and it kind of... It didn't change my opinion of the show because the also the episode where Hachin gets drunk though, isn't it? Which is amazing. It <laughs> is amazing, and I was expecting it to be uh, have a different ending, and it did not. Nope. Um, and 
not afraid to go there. No. And that was really sad. Um, I doesn't change my opinion. The art and the characters are still fantastic. And Is the episode where Michiko gets involved with a married dude? In that, that batch? No, okay. it is not. Um, it's another one I remember as being like really dark. Heavy. Not dark, but just like heavy. Where like Michiko gets involved with this dude who's clearly kind of like a player and like a loveless marriage type of thing. And yeah. Hotchin susses out what she's up to. And is like Hotchin is a child. She has a child's idea of the world and how it works. And yeah. sometimes people in marriages, for reasons known and unknown, step outside of the marriage and sometimes people who enable that sort of behavior get thought of with less respect or as whores or jezebels or whatever else and watching Hachin kind of come to terms with her opinion of Michigo having realized oh you're the type of woman who would do xyz you know you knew he was married and you still did this her trying to like recalibrate her opinion of Michiko well and that's ha- sort of happening right that's sort of it's a constant it's constantly at that point, evolving it's just like, yeah Michiko is just like the hero who saved her from this terrible situation though except in episode um five she leaves her or tries to leave her with her old the person who used to take care of her so she oh like, the older woman yeah and and you know Hachin feels abandoned um and then of course there's the bullfight, which is amazing. Um, what's that. that little girl doing there on the field with just a ladle? Like it was just <laughs> ridiculous. And but it's it. I think there's not as much um, fun car chases at the moment. There's mm. a little bit more um, backstory you're learning, and so the it, the tone sort of sort of shifted a little bit. I'm hoping that it shifts again. Um, again, I haven't changed my rating. The the show's still great. I really love the animation, but just it's not as much fun right now. It's a little bit Especially more. Especially if you're watching Food Wars and Michiko and Hotchin at the same time, <laughs> yeah, that's no. an odd mix because you have the super fun, if frustrating, Food Wars, and then you switch to Michiko and Hotchin, which, yeah, despite it's still the best opening in all of anime. I, I totally agree. And then, yeah, it does. it's not afraid to get heavy and deal with more adult themes, not as far as, like, you know... It's got lots of fucking and swearing in it, but adult with, like, you know, things and emotional concerns that adults and, and deal with. And violence and what it's like to live in a, be, like, involved yeah, with crime syndicates and... Poor in a Brazilian slum. And... Yeah. And, you know, and there's one point, Hachin is like, I don't have any money. What am I going to do? Like, she's, like, worried. She doesn't know what to do. Um, and then there's also the the um, friend of Michiko's, the, the gay gentleman, shows up. The bar owner. Right? Yes. Yes. And... Uh, I have a vague recollection. I don't know if he's... How problematic he is, if he's at all, but... I I don't know. I actually wouldn't be able to say. He's very flamboyant, mm. but not um but I don't think in a in a He only shows up in a handful of episodes. I yeah, think. and I don't think he's he's flamboyant in a disrespectful way. Like I've mm. met gay men who are very much that same level. Um and I think his boyfriend is much more is not flamboyant at all if if that is his boyfriend. But anyways, he at least they have I you know, at least there's some more representation of different types of people and mm. and sort of um, that's always nice to see. But I, I don't know. It just I, I was expecting more fun and I got more serious. And then I was like, 
back to Food Wars. <laughs> You're like, feels? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Yeah. Watch people cook some shit and yeah, have fun. I, I definitely wasn't expecting people to die when you think, especially that you think they might turn into more regular characters, mm. and uh, and that happened. Though, like you said, the Hotchin getting drunk off of juice is amazing, especially her dancing on the dance floor at the <laughs> near the end of that. That that was great. That was a great scene. Yeah, I think I said at the time that Michigan and Hotchin kind of adhere to like the cowboy bebop standard of storytelling where it's like there is an overarching theme but there's yeah. probably of a 24 episode season maybe eight episodes actually deal with like the search for hiroshi or progressing that plot the rest yeah. is like in our search for hiroshi we have stopped here and we have met these people and it is more of like a self-contained sort of story so yes some of the characters that show up are for lack of a better word disposable and yeah. can meet tragic ends if the writers and director feel that that's the that's the route to go um i'm trying to remember it's been so long since i watched it and i devoured it at the time so i can't remember if it's melancholy and sad is the mood is the mood going forward i don't think it is i think they still found time for for larfs we'll see well that's the other thing right like now that i've sort of started watching these things again part of me is like why did i stop watching these things (laughs) um so i will you you'll probably hear updates throughout the throughout the weeks and as we get into holiday season i feel more at least one more update episode oh yeah definitely before the end of the year we'll we'll have to bank one of these as we enter the christmas holidays uh i mean i have other ones that like don't they've come up in updates occasionally but like teen titans go i check in on yeah every once in a while if it's like i want something dumb that's gonna make me laugh for 10 minutes well there's a couple there's a couple other shows i i definitely wanted to watch more mm. of um and i still even though i love it i still haven't finished pasta it's just been there's just been i've been watching a lot of star trek like <laughs> i gotta balance my life um so i'm i'm probably going to be checking that out more um, because it's getting cold and I'm not out as much. And and know. it gets dark at 730 and you have to get home once yeah. it gets dark. Yeah, exactly. I'm 38 years old and I need to get home when the streetlights are on. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> okay, car. <laughs> have yours day too. Well, there you go, friends. We hope you enjoyed it. Say, so that it, was a, it was one no, one super enthusiastic yes, one firm nod yes. And one kind of... Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good... Those are, those are uh, uh, good indicators. Um, minor updates before we get out of here. I'm sure you don't have any. I don't think so. No. no. You're, you're, I'll think about it, but I don't watching the other things. So. Two things right quick. Speaking of Michiko and Hachin, the director, Sayo Yamamoto. Yeah. I don't think I ever mentioned on the show. I mentioned it once in passing that her next show had been announced and was coming out. And it was a figure skating anime called Yuri on Ice. Yeah. The first episode is out. I could watch it every day. I love it that It much. looks really good. You showed me some bits. And I, 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 gave Caitlin, I gave Caitlin the condensed version because in our ongoing discussion about, about acceptable fan service. Yeah. And, and freeing the pee, as it were, although I've yet to see a pee freed. Japan might not be able to free the pee. This might be why tentacle porn is a thing. Or why it's always like mosaic. I think um, if you, I think if the pee got freed, it would be behind a mosaic. I, I don't really need the free the pee, but also I find that the way they draw most of their anime men, I'm just not attracted to them. Well, 
And I have been attracted to cartoons, so I know that's possible. <laughs> the, the one moment I really wanted to highlight for Caitlin, I gave her the brief rundown. Basically, it's not spoiling, we're only one episode in. It's the setup of the show. Japanese Yuri, I don't remember his last name, was Japan's great figure skating hope. He failed. He came in last at internationals or nationals or whatever. Yep. Some competition. He failed. He came in last. Hasn't really known what he's been going to do since then. His idol is a Russian named Victor. He's a little older. He's 27. He's yep. probably reaching the end of his competitive career. People are asking, Victor, what are you going to do next? And he's already kind of coaching another kid named Yuri from Russia. And what happens is Japanese Yuri goes back home to his little hot spring resort town. And meets up with one of his friends who he grew up skating with at his old rink. And she's like, what have you been doing? Have you still been practicing? Like, what have you been doing? There's some running jokes about how fat he's gotten on the offseason, <laughs> which is, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of amusing. Um, and for her, as just a way to, like, kind of get back into skating, he performs, like, a perfect replica of Victor, this god of figure skating's, the last long program he did, which is just, like, Loaded with quads and sow cows and combo spins and just <laughs> Japanese Yuri does it like perfectly. Unbeknownst to him and unbeknownst to me, the viewer, uh, this old friend of his, her children, I'm assuming it's her children, which would be nice because it would mean this girl is not his like love interest, you know, his, yeah, his, they're his just friends. His childhood love interest that Pete, he's boys always Boys and longed girls for. can be friends. So it's nice to not have an immediate love interest. And to be honest, we don't even know if Japanese Yuri goes that way yet for reasons I'll get to in a moment. Mm -hmm. His old friend's daughters, possibly daughters, maybe sisters, film this on their cell phones, upload it to YouTube. It goes viral because he is known in the figure skating world. This gets out there. Victor sees it. Victor decides, I'm going to coach Japanese Yuri and I'm going to take you to nationals and you're going to win. He informs Yuri of this by going to his family's hot spring resort. Yep. Rising out of the hot spring mm -hmm. as Sayo Yamamoto's camera lovingly <laughs> moves up his legs and over his bare ass. Yep. His muscular bare ass as he dramatically, Yuri, holds his hand <laughs> out with nothing obscuring his genitals except for like a tiny statue. <laughs> Full naked Victor out there. And when Yuri is having his like <gasps> reaction... I kind of like that it's ambiguous whether or not he is having that reaction because he can't believe his idol wants to coach him in figure skating, or he's kind of liking the view. You don't really know. You don't really know. But anyway, Yuri on Ice, so dope. Can't wait to see where this is going. Um, Sayo Yamamoto, you are, you are a gift. Also, it is beautifully done. Super well done. It's just, I didn't show Caitlin like the entire major figure skating scene where Yuri is redoing victor's uh routine but some i think there was actually when the teaser promos were coming out like there is a they have someone there's like a coordinator who's like has a background in figure skating who was like going over oh, and probably, like saying yeah. this nope you shouldn't it shouldn't look like that it should look like this you know he should yeah. his leg should be up higher type of thing um so somebody knows something and <laughs> i even saw something on twitter where someone broke down the elements of because I'm figure skating. Listen, I'm going to be totally honest, friends. I grew up watching figure skating with my mom during the Olympics and stuff. I, so I grew up figure skating. Did you? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Um, So I probably know more about figure skating than most burly bearded fat dudes. <laughs> um, But they always like, as with gymnastics and other competitive sports like this, like, like they kind of declare what they're going to do, right? Like yeah. the program is going to have these elements. 
So they're announcing, the announcers are going over. It's like, oh, Victor's going to attempt four quads and, you know, there's going to be this and that. Somebody on Twitter was like, yeah, just an FYI, nobody in actual competition has pulled off all of the, all of the jumps that Victor does in one performance. Yeah. So that's like, you know, to get across how godly he is at figure skating, like there's actually, it's rooted in the reality of the sport a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's probably a little more godly than a normal human could be, but. Well, he's anime, so. Because anime, but these are all rooted in, in actual things. Anyway, it's dope. It's definitely better than other things that are out. Sports based oh. right now. We'll have an extra treat. We'll have a treat for you about that. I'll get to in a moment. Um, and well, I guess because I brought it up and it's true, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is amazing. Still working your way it through it. It is still amazing. It is so good. So good. So good. The writing is fantastic. The um, the punchlines are great. Like the the banner has taken on like a Gilmore Girls level like it's oh well sign me up snappy and it's like like Bashir will say something offhand and I'll be howling about it because it's the funniest and yeah anyways good job DS9 writers good job why do people tell me this is they ah just so many people need to watch DS9 people hate Deep Space Nine it's crazy it's crazy anyways season four Deep Space Nine amazing so true so true Worf just stays stacking that trill ass. <laughs> so trill. Um, I have an amendment. You have an amendment? Yes. To what? I have taken on a more forgiving opinion of Luke Cage. Oh, really? Having seen the conclusion. Not that I think the storytelling in it is necessarily any better. Okay. But one, I watched the final two episodes over like four days. Yeah. Definitely, really? definitely better than watching 11 <laughs> in, in like two a day in like 48 hours. Um, there is a scene where in the later episodes where, again, I still think it's kind of clumsily written. I think it's kind of shoehorned in there. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage runs, you know, on the run from someone. Pops into a convenience store that's getting robbed, and Method Man's there. Oh, hey, and it's Method actually Man. it's actually Method Man, and they each kind of have mutual mutual fan out moments because Method Man knows who Luke Cage is, and as Luke Cage says, PLO style was my was my, <laughs> was my jam back in the day. And you then see Method Man later on the radio talking about his experience meeting Luke Cage, and basically overtly and listen you can say about did it have to be that overt it had to be that overt for dumb whitey to like really appreciate the metaphors that they're working with in this show for a bulletproof black man in a hoodie to be walking around yes that's a very powerful image and then it's like a scene of like the cops are all looking for luke cage he's been accused of killing a cop at this point and right (laughs) accused by killing a cop when another dude throws a cop into a windshield and yells i'm luke cage (laughs) Great. You see where I do have some problems with the storytelling here and why yeah. the villains were problematic to me. Um, Method Man is on is on Sway, the Sway and Heather B morning show. <laughs> Just keep keep getting those cameos in there. And as he's freestyling this song called Bulletproof Love, which is on the soundtrack, it is actually really dope. I enjoy the song a lot. Um you see all the the cops are like you see like a montage of the cops going through the street and stopping people, basically black people throughout Harlem of all started wearing 
hoodies with tears in them. Right. Like bullet, bullet hole tears. Yeah. And they're all getting stopped. And it's like their sign of protest to the cops in support of Cage. Right. And that was a very powerful scene and moment. And I was able to appreciate what the show is doing. I think I said at the time, you know, it's great for my white ass to be like, oh, you're great. I remember saying at the time that like, you know, a black audience who's like into this thing, but also into Neo soul and like crime novels. To me, it seems kind of like heavy handed and like beating me over the head a little bit. But for that audience, they don't have anything. It's one thing for my white ass who gets loads of things and gets to decide. I like Japanese things too. And just, you know, take all the things I want because I'm white and everything's for me. I was able by the end of it to appreciate how important a show like this could be for an audience that doesn't get anything like this. I still don't think it's the best written thing. I don't think it's Marvel's best show. I still don't think it's Marvel's best show. But after taking a break away from it for a little bit and coming back to it for the final two episodes, was able to appreciate more what it's doing for that audience and respecting it more for that fact. So a little more forgiving of of Luke Cage, and I'm sure we will talk about it again once you get a chance to dig into it a yeah. little bit. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad that you've been able to look back and I'm woke, fam. <laughs> oh, God. I try to be woke. <laughs> I'm woke enough to know I should not say phrases like I'm woke. Yeah, that's important. Um, Yeah, well, I think that's it. I think that's all the updates. Like I said, I was watching the things I was watching and didn't have time to really watch anything else. Nope, a good week nonetheless, though. Well, we didn't talk about any of the ways you can contact us or listen to the show, so I guess I'll do it now. Yes. If you've stumbled onto our show by accident and you decide you would like to listen to more of it, you can do that on SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. You can follow us on there. You will get a notification every time a new episode goes live. As well, iTunes, top right corner, hit subscribe. New episodes to your device automatically. Magically and automatically. So easy. Super easy. Contact us via most of your socials at GeekDownPod on the Twitters at GeekDownPod. You can email us, GeekDownPod at gmail.com. We have a Tumblr. It's GeekDownPod.tumblr.com. I'll I'll let you know when things are happening on the Tumblr. (laughs) We'll get to it at some point. As well, we have a Facebook group. It is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. It is the only way to contact Caitlin. She does not exist on the internet any other way. Nope, I do not. Things that I may mention on the show, but like don't have directly in front of me. And I say, I'll throw it on the Facebook page later. I throw on the Facebook page later. Like uh, last week I mentioned there was an article about the politics of Luke Cage. Yep. I didn't remember all the details of, but I threw that up on the Facebook page. Basically, it can give you your, if you want to deep dive or get your director's notes for any of the things we talk about, that is the place to get it. So you should definitely like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook and you will get all that info. I think most recently on the Facebook page, I pointed out that the latest movie by Mamoru Hosoda, who directed a movie called Wolf Children that we talked about on the show, he had a film called Boy and the Beast, which is basically kind of like spirited away with a boy. Cool. And a time jump. Cool. And a samurai fighting bear looking thing. Amazing. Uh, That is on Netflix. I did not know it was on Netflix. It just randomly popped up one day. So that is sitting there cheap as free for your enjoyment. Definitely check that out. I've heard very good things. Uh, But things like that, as they pop into my head, I will throw that on Facebook. And I'm trying to do better on the Twitter as well. Um, Not that great, but I'm trying trying to do better and engage more so. I seem to be engaging more with the anime community because Amelia Cook 
is amazing. Replies and <laughs> and retweets things, and then we get the handful of followers off of that. So thanks, Amelia. That's just about it. And then, of course, there's the bonus thing. We will have a bonus this week. Yeah. A little something extra for you. Fun times. Was it fun? Mm, you even, decide. Do I even want to say what it is? Basically, there's a thing that dropped this week, and I thought it would be amusing to have Caitlin, have both of us really, watch it cold. I knew what it was. Caitlin had no idea what it was. And now you can know what it is. Uh, I'll just tell you for any of the anime fans out there. We watched Keijo, or Kaijo, however it's pronounced, a.k.a. Hip Whip Girl. Ugh. A hot they steaming... Should just, they should go, just call it TNA. Hot steaming pile of anime trash. And you should listen to our we, reaction. We, we recorded a quick, I'll probably edit, edit it down hopefully to about 15 minutes or so, uh, hot take, instant reaction yeah. to the premiere of Hip Whip Girl. And we just thought we wanted to give you something extra for the holidays. A little, a little present for you. A little something extra to be thankful for. Because we're thankful for you, listeners. Thank you so much. You know what else I'm thankful for? What are you thankful for? Thankful for you, kid. Oh, thanks. I'm thankful for this podcast. That's really nice. Heart of gold, I swear. You know what you... I'm thankful for? Hmm. Food. That I can eat while watching Food Wars. So we're going to go get on that. Happy Thanksgiving, friends. I hope you're enjoying your weekend. And we will be back with you next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we will see you then. See you then. We have fun. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs>